0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Coming up on NBA Today, the (laughs) Lakers and the 76ers, they are winless to start the season. So we assess the changes needed for both teams to turn their seasons around. Plus... We do have an update on Zion Williamson's injury from last night. When can we expect him and Brandon Ingram back on the court? Andrew Lopez has the latest. And the commissioner, Adam Silver, he joins the show live. We ask him what his thoughts are regarding teams tanking for Victor Wenbanyama. NBA Today starts right now.
2: Welcome to NBA Today, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.
1: Welcome to NBA today presented by FanDuel. I'm Malika Andrews and I love hey. this female What's energy up? that we've gotten here. <laughs> Jhene Agumake, Ramona Shelburne. We do have Kendrick Perkins stopping by here shortly. It was an incredible first weekend of games. I mean, I felt like I was just constantly changing the channel. Lead mm-hmm. pass was in overtime because there was so much going on, but. It feels like we need to start across the street, right here with the Los Angeles Lakers, because they just couldn't quite get it done. Roll the highlight, please, director Kathy, and let's see how it went down. Did I do that okay? Yeah, that was perfect. Roll okay, well, the highlight, baby, yeah, Kathy, I it, baby. baby. Yeah, I like the rhyme there. All right, we pick it up with the Los Angeles Lakers, finding Patrick Beverley in the corner. Can't quite get it to go, bats it out for the long rebound. LeBron James, he's added this to his bag lately. That yeah, one, that, was
3: a, that was very far. Yeah, it was, that was very, very far. deep. He's just out there with Dame Leather. Thought, you know, why not?
1: Dame makes these. I can do it. Exactly. Shake it off, keep it pushing. Watch Anthony Davis here. Yusuf Nurkic sags <laughs> Old off him. Can't make that shot. And then ahead to the fourth quarter we go. This is where things got really interesting. Peep the time and the score. Russell Westbrook can't quite get it to go. We're going to get more into that play in just a little bit. Timeout out here. This is what Dame Lillard does. It was Dame time in crypto.com. I know he's retired the celebration mostly, but he pulled out the watch last night. Once again, two down, down by two, the Lakers. LeBron James, you can't make it that easy on him, Ramona.
3: Yeah, I mean, the lane was wide open, but it's not necessarily, the lane was open. It was who was not on the court for these last two.
1: Mm, that's very, hard. very good point. Jeremy Grant. Puts the Blazers up once again by two. The Lakers, they're going to have one more chance here. LeBron James over Dame Lillard gets a mismatch. Ooh, couldn't quite get it to fall. Let's take a listen to the Lakers after the game.
2: From day one, I said, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make us successful. Shoot around, film, rotations, lineups. We don't have time for feelings, so people to be in their feelings. Like We're trying to turn
4: this thing around. I can tell that you guys are in the whole Russell Westbrook uh, category right now. Um, I don't like to lose. I hate to lose at any – I don't care what happens throughout the course, of, uh, the course of my season or throughout the course of my career. I hate to lose, and you guys can write about Russ and all the things you guys want to try to talk about Russ, but I'm not up here to do that. I won't do it. I've said it over and over, um, and it's not my – it's not who I am so
1: Alright, so there's a lot to discuss here. Shanae, can you break this down just a little bit for us, particularly this notion that Russell Westbrook was attempting to go for the two-for-one late?
5: Yeah, look, what the Lakers said was that this was a two-for-one scenario, which means you're trying to take a quick shot so that you own the final possession of a quarter or even in this instance, a game. And also with two-for-ones, you get two offensive possessions instead of one. But when you are up one with 30 seconds to go, it's all about shot selection, Malika. Mm -hmm. And Ramona reminded me this. Coach Darvin Ham, after the game said that the strategy was with use of Nurkic a center guarding Russ. What you have to do if you're Russ is attack that matchup. You cannot settle and take the shot that the opponent has been daring you to take all game one. So let's look at the tape. Yes, please see exactly what happened on this possession. So look, Russ is bringing it up time and score. They're up one 33 seconds left 21 seconds of the shot clock. Even Pat Bev knows with this brush screen right here that, hey, we want you to attack this matchup with the center here and not settle for the jump shot. What happens here, he sort of does what he did all game, sort of like dare the shot. He was like, look at this. I think his teammates even knew Look at AD, look at LeBron, what's what's happening here? You don't want to settle for that with the game on the line. And that, unfortunately, is exactly what happened in that possession. At the end of the day, the Lakers, their shot selection really needs to improve, but also so does their overall three-point shooting, because look at the numbers right here. Mm. Through three games, the Lakers, they've shot the worst three-point percentage in NBA history. So it's not just Russ, but unfortunately, Russell Westbrook does represent all of the issues that the Lakers have, particularly with shooting, and we saw this happen in just one possession
1: interesting so I guess when I think of I was at the game yesterday Ramona we sat next to each other we were chatting when I looked at what happened late it reminded me of what the Clippers executed with Russell Westbrook as well with having Zubat sag off of him a little bit so the natural question right is where do we go from here.
3: Well, when you're walking around that locker room postgame yesterday, you get the sense that things need to change rather quickly in L.A., and whether that is Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, mm. whether that is uh, not being in closing lineups. I mean, Frank Vogel took months to pull Russell Westbrook out of the closing lineup yeah. last year. Took Darvinham three games three games he was not on the court for the final three possessions after these after these situations here and part of this is darvin ham is giving russell westbrook every opportunity to play the way that they had talked about over the summer attacking the rim setting more screens uh, hitting open shots if they're given to him it's not working out right now yeah just isn't and the lakers were up eight when they subbed him back into the game with a little under five minutes to go Mm. portland outscored them by ten 14-4 yeah, 14-4 to four down the stretch. Yep. In the last two possessions, he goes two for one, doesn't attack the rim. That is something that Darvin had. Darvin had didn't say anything post game that he hasn't said privately to Russell Westbrook. Mm. He said, you need to attack the rim when the center's daring you to shoot the ball. You took the shot that they are daring you to take. Yeah. Attack the rim. And you get the sense that something is going to have to change in the next few games here. Mm. Or they're going to look up and
1: be... Oh and six. Right. They they could fall into a serious hole here. So something may in yeah. fact have to change. Let's bring in Kendrick Perkins. Perk, I'm curious your thoughts. What exactly needs to change?
2: Everything. And <laughs> and that wasn't a two-for-one situation. I mean, you're up one you're up a basket, you're up one point. At that time, you're thinking about getting a great shot, a great look at the rim, and, and hanging your head on the defensive side and getting a stop, even if Portland do have the last position, you're actually winning the game. But I'm looking at the overall picture, right? And I look at the body language of LeBron James and Anthony Davis when Russell Westbrook took that shot. See, this is the problem, right? Now all of a sudden it is starting to creep in. Now all of a sudden you hear Garvin Ham saying, we don't have time for people being in their feelings because he could feel the energy when Russell Westbrook wasn't in the game. He could feel the energy that's around the locker room right now. And the, the, the solution of the problem is, I hate to say it is, mm. you have to send him home until you find another destination for Russell Westbrook. Because in my opinion, I strongly believe that if Russell Westbrook wasn't on the floor, or he if he played last night, the Lakers would have won that basketball game. So mm. now, Darvin Ham, this is his time, right, as the head coach, to put his prints, his fingerprints all over this situation yeah. and say, you know what, I'm going to address this and I'm going to do what's best for the team. Because you don't want to lose your just because of one individual.
1: Well, Ramona, it sounds a little bit like what you're saying as well. What are you looking at when you're talking about this may be the time? What is the one thing you're keeping an eye on as they embark on this road trip? So
3: Darvin Ham has given Russell a lot of opportunities, right? He gave him the respect of starting on opening night. Gave him the respect of starting on on the home opener. Has not in the third game pulled him from that closing lineup. Mm. Okay, so that was that was consequences. But as Perk said, you have to be careful not to lose the rest of the team. Mm. The Lakers have teams that have played three games. Okay, very small sample size. They have the best defense in the league of teams that have played yeah. three games so far. They're buying in on the defensive side of the ball. But if you if you alienate the rest of your team by not making moves that need to be made, mm-hmm. then you risk losing that effort that they have shown so far on the defensive end the ball and I think we're getting closer to that point than we were I think that anybody anticipated this quickly
1: right Denver Minnesota their schedule does not get easier from here let's shift from one winless team to another the Sixers they lost to the Spurs Saturday night despite a 40 piece from Joel Embiid Philadelphia is now 0 for 3 for the first time since 2016-17 and after the game Doc Rivers he kept it real about his team take a listen
2: but i've been through these and we're not ready yet honestly we're just not we're not ready to win yet um you can feel that and so uh we got a lot of work to do it was almost like we played these first two games hard uh competed and then felt like okay now we can win some games you still got to go out during the game you know tuck was yelling that after the game and he was right you know no one's just gonna give you a win you know you have to go get it uh, and you have to do it a lot uh every night you can't Pick and choose when we're going to show up right now, and that's what we're doing.
1: Ramona, you've spent a lot of time covering the 76ers. What are you diagnosing them with here?
2: Well,
3: they look like they're trading off. Like one time it's James's team and the so other time James, it's Joe's yeah. team. They're not necessarily in sync yet. Mm. And some of some – when of, you saw Embiid had 40 the other night, he looked good. The night before he looked a little – didn't quite look like himself. Um, he's been dealing with some plantar fasciitis. It's not a, a serious case of anything, but it, it affected the way he ramped up for the season. Mm. Affected his conditioning a bit. And so he's still kind of getting his wind in the early part of the season, which is fine. You got 82 games, but this I mean that game, especially against the Bucks, you saw that show up a little bit. Um, but I think the other thing that's underrated about look at how fast that teams are sending double and triple teams mm. at Joel. They're doing it instantaneously. in on that. <laughs> I mean, like they, they are daring them to play hard and ball. Yeah. Other teams are saying we're not going to let Joel Embiid be this. We're sending two and three defenders at him mm. right away. Give the ball to James Harden. We'd rather him beat us. Yeah, and speaking on a couple of your
5: points, plantar fascia is no joke. It might yeah. seem like, oh, it's something in your foot that really makes it really annoying for you. Like, you can't move. You can't condition. You can't train the same way when you have plantar fascia, even though it may seem like it's a lower grade type of thing when we think about the big sca- scale of injuries. Also, with Joel Embiid, yeah, I think people are starting to respect him in a way that it's like the upper echelon of the NBA defensively. He gets those double teams when the game, when the ball is tipped off, and everyone knows they want to get him going. Those double teams are becoming triple teams off the bat. Real And clear. so, you know, navigating out of that, that's going to be a good point for him because last year, I believe he had a career high in assists. He's going to need to get back to that for them to be more successful. And then lastly, I think you have now a James Harden that is better. Not saying that mm. this is vintage James Harden, but you have a James Harden that is better. You have a Tyrese Maxey that is ascending, and you have a Joel Embiid that is a MVP candidate for the third year in a row, which is what he's probably likely going to do this season. When you have those three, it's not going to be easy to navigate when I'm James Harden, when I should cook. Tyrese, how do we give? him someone that's super dynamic the floor to be his best self and then lastly get Joel going because he is the bread and butter of our franchise right
1: and (laughs) kendrick perkins you gave doc rivers it was so good i was hyped (laughs) after your pep talk last week
2: what happened (laughs) well well, it's not Doc rivers that i should have gave the pep talk to it's more so the the philadelphia 76 the team right? right Like, it's a team sport, and I've been seeing too much individual basketball. Dr. Rivers used to always tell us, lose yourself in the team, and that's what they do. It's not about, oh, James Harden been looking good, he's been dribbling the air at the basketball, or oh, Joel, he had a 40-piece wing. <laughs> He finally he finally hitting his stride or how we're gonna to get Toby's Harris going or how you gonna get Tyrese Maxey going. No, it's how you gonna get the team going. And until they figure that out and start to sacrifice within the locker room and start to police themselves, then they're gonna to continue to struggle. So mm-hmm. I shouldn't have gave that pep talk to Doc. It should have been more so on the team itself and those guys that are in the locker room and have to get Well,
6: I
1: can think of a couple of guys that didn't look like they needed your pep talk. Donovan Mitchell was oh. certainly one of them. Perk still Ooh. to come on NBA say? today. Yeah, Luka Doncic <laughs> and Donovan Mitchell, they went off last night. So Perk and Janae break down their impressive starts to the season. Plus, our Pelicans reporter, Andrew Lopez, he has the latest on Zion Williamson's hip injury. And the concern level for the Pelicans if he were to miss any oh, time. Mm-hmm. Also, We're just minutes away from Commissioner Adam Silver joining the show. We asked him about the potential expansion team in Las Vegas. All of that and more. We will be right back.
0: Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom,
2: NBA Today is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more.
1: Welcome back to NBA Today presented by FanDuel. Let's do a little coast-to-coast around the association. There was so much good action. We're going to start with Luka Doncic and the Mavs. They beat the Grizzlies by 41 points on Saturday. It was the team's largest victory in series history. Perk, are you concerned here?
2: No, I'm not concerned. It was coming off a back-to-back And you know it was look, Dallas was over there waiting for them. They home opener. I'm not concerned about the Memphis Grizzlies, but I tell you this. In shape, Lucas. Skinny Luca, Skinny Luke looks <laughs> great right now. I'll tell you that much.
1: <laughs> skinny He Sounds like a drink. Not skinny. Skin tea. Not to mention Christian Wood. I-, I think that this is this is going to be interesting, but can't get too worried about the dark side. All right. We'll carry on then. Moving on. The Cavs. They won in overtime against the Wizards, and Donovan Mitchell scored 37 Woo! points, becoming the third player in NBA history to score 30 in each of his first three games with the team. Cheney, how impressed are you by the- his start? Oh, he. He's making a statement i love this for donovan mitchell more
5: so for the Cavs overall because the big question was how is he going to acclimate to a system that has a couple true posts evan mobley jared allen well the answer is just fine he's doing just (laughs) fine Uh, he's balling i think this is a team that should be expected to finish top five in the east they're going to go through some growing pains but with donovan mitchell coming with this output two and one to start Cavs feel like this is the time to believe again in the land. Believe
1: again, I'ma still wear a smile if it's Don't. raining. No, oh, okay, no, we're, we're, that one. We're, we're done, we're done. All right, oh, the Pelicans, me. they lost both Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson to injuries on Sunday and a one-point overtime loss to the Jazz. Zion took a hard fall with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, while Ingram had a head injury and was evaluated for concussion-like symptoms. So I'd like to bring in now our Pelicans reporter, Andrew Lopez. Andrew, thank you so much for stopping by the show. Let's start where we just mentioned with both Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Let's start with Zion. What can you tell us about his injury? Well, it does appear that he has avoided a major injury. Pelicans coach Willie Green told us that he is going to list Zion as questionable for Tuesday's game against the Dallas Mavericks. You saw the fall. It was nasty. It does uh, just appear to be a posterior hip contusion. You can figure out what that means, but it does appear, it does appear that Zion won't miss much time, if any at all. All right, not going to miss much time. If any, that is good news. Pelicans fans are are heaving a sigh of relief here. What's the latest you're hearing on BI's head injury, though? Yeah, so Brandon left the game with that head injury. Mm-hmm. They were treating him or
7: evaluating him for concussion-like symptoms. However, as of today, Pelicans coach Willie Green told us Brandon Ingram is not in concussion protocol. He is also questionable uh, for tomorrow's game against the Mavericks.
1: Andrew Lopez, thank you so much for your reporting. We will check back in with you as this continues to progress. Again, both men listed as questionable. Thank you, Andrew. Here's the upcoming schedule for the Pelicans. It's a tough five-game stretch, so they're hoping they can stay healthy. They face the Mavs, the Suns, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors. We'll have Friday's game against Phoenix on ESPN. Let's shift gears, though, here, because the Pelicans – they lost to someone interesting last night. Coming into the season, after trading away Donovan Mitchell, after trading away Rudy Gobert, a lot of experts had Utah toward the bottom of the league. But now, all of a sudden, they're off to a 3-0 start with wins over the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans. Is this the biggest surprise of the season so far? Ramona? So far, I mean, I, I think everybody was thinking they were in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. And, yeah,
3: and they still know, have time to be. But, you know, the, look, Laurie Markkinen has been a star mm-hmm. so far, and there's something to be said for having a group of veterans who were not necessarily given the keys to the team this was Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's team yeah. the last few years and now all of a sudden Jordan Clark said hey yep. Kelly Olynyk, who they just traded for. Laurie Market, who they just traded for. These were guys that were thrown into deals that are getting an opportunity to, to thrive. And somebody cautioned me you know, before the season, if this Jazz team, which has a lot of players that teams would covet in trades, mm. if they get off to a good start, this is a, a town that has seen its team go to the playoffs the last few years. It's, it's a quick adjustment to going into a rebuilding mode. If this team gets off to a good start, don't be surprised if they hang on to some of these veterans for a while. They don't need to be in any hurry to start this rebuilding build when you have a team that's playing as well as this yeah and when you think about the
5: jazz the last few years there still is an innate culture that was bigger than their two stars mm. defensively they had each other's back yep. offensively they shot the three better than most teams weren't there some crazy numbers offensively for what the jazz have done like number one in points number two and something like that like an they thank number thank points number two in assists thank you all those you know stats go to the culture and the mindset of you know veterans like Jordan Clarkson coming back saying like this is how this is Utah basketball I've known Kelly Olenek since uh, I was in college we both uh, we're at the Wooden Ward. Um, I want it, yay! But <laughs> my point is, just there are a lot of. <laughs> I, like <laughs> that in. I want it,
1: yay! But like <laughs> these guys
5: are solid basketball minds. There's a reason why you fought for him. You know, if you're Utah to come on the team because he's someone that is competitive, and I just love this storyline. Now, mind you, the L Club for V Dub. I don't know <laughs> if that's like where you thought you were gonna be. Like, oh, are we Club better at our chances? V-Dub. Or, uh, but it's always worth it. It's always worth it when you have veterans playing with a purpose because that means no matter what happens in the future, you have a culture that you can always plug and play with.
1: Well, and that's the interesting question, Ramona. The experts on Twitter, right? There's yep. this divide over whether or not people are very concerned with Utah yep. getting off to the start when they may end <laughs> up taking the future. And then there are others that are like, okay, just, just
3: let them play. Where do, where do you fall on this? Look, I think the NBA is a better place when everybody's playing. Okay? And I think when you mess with the basketball gods and outright tank, it yeah. Unintended consequences not always are, are good for your franchise, and and it was stressed to me. If Utah gets off to a good start, this is a town and a crowd that is used to having a good team here. They're gonna let those veterans play. Yeah, they're gonna let them play. They don't need to do this in November yep. or December or January. If, and if they're playing well, let them play. Let them go. Laurie Markentin was a number seven overall pick in the draft a while back. He's a lottery pick who, when he this summer in Eurobasket, he was great for the Finnish team. Yep. Put them in a role like this, allow them a chance to shine, see where they are in 20 games. Perk, how are you uh,
1: digesting what the what the Jazz are doing?
2: Well, I just want to give a shout-out to my brother Danny Ainge, D.A., <laughs> right, who's overseeing this whole thing, right? Like, they already got, what, a 1,000 or 1,500 draft picks this offseason. <laughs> and look, he put together some vets. And, and the whole thing about Danny Ainge is he always wanted to give uh, guys an opportunity to show what they're capable of doing. And he got a mixture of vets along with young guys and a, and a young head coach, right, that's just playing hard and they're going out there eating. They beat the Nuggets. They beat the Timberwolves. They beat the Pelicans. All three of those teams we consider yeah. to be playoff teams this year. So that the way that D.A. has constructed and the culture, right, that's the culture that you want to have, the great energy, The playing hard, the winning basketball, and let the chips fall where they may. And I shout out to Ramona for talking about the basketball guards because you can't never disrespect them. So you know, I just want to give a special shout out to Danny Angel on that one.
1: Special shout out to Ramona. Hey, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Hey, I love it. All right, coming up on NBA today, we are also going to preview the games that are going down tonight. Personally, I think I'm most excited for Nets Grizzlies that's Mm -hmm. coming up on the other side. I know why.
7: Go to shopify.com network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
0: Yeah, you never know what will happen when you watch the NBA and Stephen A's World. You might see something that leaves me flabbergasted. Maybe something that makes me utterly disgusted. Either way, you're gonna have a good time, I can promise you that. Don't miss NBA and Stephen A's World. Now, excuse me, I gotta get back to Wilbur. He can't stay frozen for this long, he gets cranky. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love it. NBA and Stephen A's World debuts Wednesday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific on ESPN2. Do not miss Stephen A and celebrity guests watching Giannis and the Bucks take on Kevin Durant and the Nets. This week's NBA Wednesday doubleheader it starts in Milwaukee at 7.30 Eastern with the Nets taking on the Bucks, And then the Nuggets, they host LeBron and the Lakers. Our coverage tips off with NBA Countdown at 7 on ESPN and the app. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Janae Perk, Ramona, still with us are the Grizzlies, the Nets. they headline tonight's slate of action. Memphis hasn't lost to Brooklyn since drafting John ja Moran. And he oh, wow. was asked this morning, I know, right, about G12 and what makes him so special.
2: He's a unique player, a lot of athleticism and creativity out there. Uh, you know, body type reminds you of somebody like, a, well, he's taller than A.I., but... You know, wiry, strong player, uh, but he's, uh, he's an incredible player, man, just doing some stuff that we've never seen before. I mean, all these guys are one-on-ones, you know what I'm saying? you see I mean, I've been in the league with D-Rose and Russell, Westbrooks, and, uh, you know, so many athletic guards I'm missing, but those two come and stick out the most to me, and, you know, the stuff they were doing was unheard of. I and mean, you see another guy's doing the same thing, I'm sure he's inspired by those two as well, so, you know, the league's in a great place
1: some high praise there from Durant perk do you expect jaw and the Grizzlies to bounce back from their loss to Dallas or the Nets to get their second straight win here
2: what (laughs) do I look the one thing you heard what Jaw said right It don't matter who's on the floor with him he's coming to go out there he want all the smoke here's the thing right when you think about them going home they they have developed a winning atmosphere out there in Memphis that it's hard for visiting teams to go in there and win. The role players play better at home. I expect to have an impact on this game yep. along along with Brandon Clark. But what Desmond Baines? Desmond Baines is the guy right now with Dylan Brooks being out and uh um
1: Darren Jackson,
2: uh, Jackson yep. Jr. Right, Jared Jackson Jr., I expect more out of him. John's gonna be John. Mm-hmm. John's gonna bounce back. He's been hearing all the Luca talk about. Luca gave him that work, and he will be around for him tonight, and I will be happy. Having- my feet kicked up, with my toes <laughs> doing this, watching the watching the movie.
1: Do we have to see your toes? Why? I don't, I don't, we don't uh, need the visual.
2: No, like you don't, no, no. Nope. is that going on no, the ground? That's no
1: idea. Okay. Since you were talking about Desmond Bain perk today, what player are you watching? I'm sorry, now, get the I image. can't get, get that, that image, image out of my <laughs> head. <laughs>
5: uh. <laughs> Oh okay, who am I going right. to be watching? We're going to get I pedicures do, as a group this weekend. Kirk, <laughs> wild, bro, <you laughs> wild. Uh, I think we know at this point that Jaw Moran gets up for big matchups. Yeah. So we saw him drop 49 and then we saw them, you know, take a loss. But when we see these big matchups, typically Jaw actually takes a backseat to his team, and that's what facilitates wins. That's why he's always won in this matchup. So that being said, I'm going to go with Kyrie Irving. He finally got the ball moving, hitting. We saw him in his bag. I think yeah. last time out he had 30 points. And so that is the point guard matchup to watch to see. We all know that Kevin Durant is going to show up, and he's going to provide you know consistency and efficiency. But Kyrie Irving coming off of a 30-point game where they – beat a very scrappy and very talented overachieving Toronto Raptors team. I know Toronto's going to be mad that I said they're overachieving, but they is they what they is. Um, <laughs> I like I like this idea of
1: Kyrie <laughs> and Ja and that that head-to-head. All right. Uh, Perk, keep your toes put away. Let's move on to the yes. only player averaging more <laughs> points per game than Ja Morant. It's Jason Tatum. He leads the undefeated Celtics into Chicago to take on the Bulls. So Ramona, let's start with you here. What yeah. are you watching in this game?
3: First of all, Jason Tatum, Dame Lillard, just named Players of the Week in mm. Eastern and there Western you go. Conferences. Jason, Jason Tatum wants to be the best player in the NBA. We're kind of in Celtics and Blazers. Right?
1: Sorry, I just realized yeah, that. No, I did that
3: very unintentionally. <laughs> it was just green to that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was trying to get a pop of color. But I like it. <laughs> Jason Tatum wants to be the best player in the NBA. And I was talking to his longtime trainer, Drew Hanlon, uh, the other day. And he's, he's out in hey, Chicago Drew. with him. And he said, you know, the, that series last year in the finals, that was a seminal kind of moment for Jason to mm. say, like, they were so close. And I so said, does it remind you a little of Kobe against the Utah Jazz early in his career where they yeah. didn't get it done? But that set the tone for him and that motivation going forward in his career. And he goes, exactly. I mean, mm. Jason has worked on that floater. He's, he's got a better assist game now. He's seeing the floor better. And I think that defense, even without Robert Williams, mm. 11 blocks the other night against the Heat. I mean, this, this whole team, I thought we, with what they went through in the offseason, with the, with the situation with Udoka, I thought they would have a little growing pains here. Yeah. Nope right back out of the gates
5: and now he's catapulted to the third best odds for mvp i think before he was like around six or seven now it's three i'm assuming and we can fact check with our producer cesar i'm assuming it's behind Giannis and luca and so i love this idea that the celtics they're professionals they are figuring themselves out they built on their confidence and tatum absolutely will be in the mvp conversation yeah
1: and he should be uh perk what has impressed you most uh, about the start that the celtics have gotten off to here
2: well, how they not satisfied, right? They have mm. unfinished business, the and point. you could just see after they wins, you see Jason Tatum after his when he's doing his post game interview, he's not smiling. Like he's like, no, we're on the mission, and the mission is not to make the All Star team, All NBA, or even win the MVP, which is hell of a. This team, you know, they got a chance to taste it, taste the blood last season when they went to the finals, and they want to get back, and they want to complete the mission. So I see a team that's playing the gender-free basketball. I see two rising young stars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown whose leadership and growth has matured in just a short period of time, and they're on a mission right now.
1: Not to mention, it is Jalen Brown's birthday. Happy birthday, JB! I imagine that coming in and getting a Mm. win, that that's what he's looking for tonight. Mm. Uh, All right, coming up on NBA Today, Commissioner Adam Silver, he is joining the show and talking about potential expansion teams and more. That's next. NBA Today will be back after the break.
2: Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.
1: Welcome back to NBA Today. We are joined now by NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Of course. The games, they've been so much fun. They've been so great. They've been so fun to watch. We have a myriad of topics to get to today, so let's start here with ESPN's Baxter Holmes reporting that in a recent meeting with Phoenix Suns employees, you addressed possible solutions for tanking, reportedly saying, we put teams on notice, and particularly this season ahead of Victor Wenbanyama entering the draft. So what are the specific measures, the notices you're considering to prevent teams from tanking this season?
4: Well, let me just say, of course, course, that's not the reason I was in Phoenix talking to their staff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, after we talked about the situation there, I think I got some general questions about what was happening in the league. And so this whole notion of, of tanking came up. Nothing new in the league. And in fact, you know, as you know, Malika, shortly before the pandemic, you know, roughly 2019, we had changed the lottery odds, yet once again, not that I can say that we knew that Victor (laughs) Wemba Yama was coming precisely at this time, but um, we lowered the odds really essentially for the first top, the worst three teams in the league, and then for the fourth team only has a slightly better odds. So it's it's roughly around a 14% chance. Mm. So said differently, if you have the worst record or one of the worst records in the league, you have an 86% chance of not getting yeah. Um, the top pick. So I think that's first and foremost one of the most important measures we've taken. And then on the flip side we added the play-in tournament and the idea of the play-in tournament is that if your team that starts slow or has an injury beginning early on in the season that it's not worth throwing in the towel on the season because you can come back and actually make the playoffs. Mm. So those are the things we've done. I, I mentioned and, and Baxter Holmes reported it some other um, areas that we've looked at over the years, I, I, I can't say I was deadly serious about talking about relegation because mm. we don't have the same system as European soccer, and yeah. it would make no sense to send an NBA team to the G League or the G League team up to the NBA. But obviously, that's how other leagues deal with situations like this, where they force teams to stay competitive because the consequences of finishing at the at, at the bottom of the league are are dramatically detrimental to mm. the health of of the team but it's it's something as I was saying to the the folks there in Phoenix that we keep our eye on. I mean obviously we understand we're selling competition to our fans and it it doesn't mean that rebuilding isn't appropriate for certain teams but incidentally I view tanking I know the way in which you're saying it but um, certainly if we thought that players on the floor, there was anything happening in an organization that that meant that a team was intentionally losing games, I view that very differently than an organization that is truly rebuilding, recognizing that they're going to need to restock with great talent in order to improve.
1: But but with a a once-in-a-generation player like Victor being slated to come into the league, have you reminded teams had heightened conversations yet?
4: In a general way, okay. we have. I mean, I think everyone understands that. As, as I said, I think most importantly, you're dealing with a 14% chance mm. of getting the first pick. So teams understand that. I agree. I was listening to part of the show from Ramona and, and Kendrick before I came on talking about the basketball gods. I'm in that <laughs> camp, too. I, I recognize at the end of the day, analytics are what they are, and it's not about superstition. Mm. 14% chance arguably is better than 1% chance or no percent chance. But But as I said, it doesn't even in terms of the straightforward odds, it doesn't benefit a team to be the absolute worst in the league. And even if you're one of the poor performing teams, you're still dealing with a 14 percent chance. But I think it's one of these things, there's no perfect solution, mm. but we still think a draft is the right way to rebuild your league over time. We still think it makes sense among partner teams. Or Actually, a decision is made that the worst performing teams aren't in a position to restock with what the prospects of the best players coming in. So we haven't come up with a better system.
1: Let's talk expansion. Uh, Earlier this month, LeBron had this to say when he was asked about an NBA team coming to Vegas.
2: I would love to uh,
4: bring a team here at some point. That would be amazing. Um, And I know Adam is uh, in Abu Dhabi right now, I believe. But he probably sees every single interview and transcript that comes through from NBA players. So I want
0: the team here, Adam. Thank you.
1: What's your response to LeBron here?
4: You know, he, he was right that even in Abu Dhabi, the news traveled quickly, you know, that he called me out. I mean, I, I, I'd say in all seriousness, I think it's very healthy for the league when you have um, this sort of this life cycle of players then moving into management, potentially moving into ownership. Obviously, Michael Jordan is the owner of, of Charlotte, you know, mm. David Robinson, San Antonio, Grand Hill, in atlanta shackle into a piece of sacramento for a while so i think it's it's great for the ecosystem i'm thrilled that lebron aspires to be an nba team owner one day i'd say las vegas specifically you know will make a great um location for a franchise one day our we have a wmba team there the aces that obviously just won the championship um it's it's not on the front burner right now for the league i think we've been very public about the fact we want to get through collective bargaining we want to see where our new media deals come out, but then we'll turn back to um, expansion at some point. Mm.
1: Prior to the start of the season, Adam, a video was leaked of Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole at practice. When do altercations that are internal and between players rise to the league's purview?
4: I mean, everything rises to our purview. Obviously, you know, we pay a lot of attention to what goes on at teams, and we had heard there was an altercation before. video had leaked I, i would say in in the first instance when it's an internal team matter we leave it to the team to handle it doesn't mean we're not aware of how they're handling it we have direct conversations with management of the teams but if there's no reason to believe that it's not handled appropriately meaning um we're talking directly to the players the players association representative of the players and nobody's indicating that they feel a proper process isn't being followed, we would generally tend to be deferential. I mean, I've been around the league for a long time, so there are always special cases. There's reasons why we might um, become involved in a particular case. But I would say in this situation with the Warriors, um, enormous confidence in that franchise. So. Mm-hmm didn't see a reason for us to get directly involved.
1: Shifting gears here, Brittany Greiner remains detained in Russia. And in May, you told me that the league has a, quote, huge responsibility to Brittany, but that you were advised by experts not to take a higher profile in voicing public support for her. So what's the NBA's role now?
4: That was, as you said, back in May and even earlier when she was um, first um, imprisoned. As i said then we were advised by experts by the u.s government that it was not in her interest to raise the profile of her incarceration beyond where it was because they thought it would reduce the chances of her getting out i think then may came and then beyond that clearly we shifted gears Mm -hmm. and have been you know very public um about um our belief that she's Deserves to be released at this point, even to the extent that she was convicted of a a minor crime. That any punishment at this point is dramatically disproportionate. Um, There should be mercy, of course, for anyone um, in in her position. And we've had direct conversations with the White House, with the State Department. Um, You heard opening night. Steph Mm -hmm. Curry, you know, spoke out about her um, incarceration. Be quite honest. We're doing everything we know available to us at this point, which is to continue to raise her profile and have direct conversations with the U.S. government at all levels. But beyond that, it's frustrating for everyone. It's enormously frustrating for her family. I'm not sure what else we could be doing right now.
1: And Brittany Griner, of course, will be back in court on Tuesday. Uh, Finally, Adam, you mentioned that you were in Phoenix for a different reason. And over the last several months, we've seen instances of misconduct, of harassment, of unprofessional behavior within NBA staffs and front offices. And, And Baxter Holmes reported that you told Phoenix Suns employees that the league would create new reporting systems for team employees to report any wrongdoing. So what exactly are you planning to implement and why now?
4: well i mean why now i don't think it's just the situation in phoenix as if, as you've pointed out it's there are issues in workplaces these are not unique problems to the nba or the wnba or any of other, our other leagues for that matter but it's clear that we need to do a better job um, part of my what i was saying to the phoenix staff was that we have put in place we did put in place Um, additional procedures in 2019, namely, for example, um, the league-wide anonymous hotline to call in issues. I recognize, as I said to employees in Phoenix, that um, that's not a cure-all. And I could understand in any workplace, NBA or anywhere, um, you know, in, in, in any company that there might not be complete confidence in the confidentiality of a system like that, even though I think, you know, we use a third party, we follow all the appropriate measures here to ensure that. But then the question becomes, what can we do? Um, Beyond that, one of the things we've begun doing this year is having um, direct conversations with the human resources groups um, at every team to ensure that proper training is in place, that people, that teams can have their own systems of hotlines and things, even independent of what the league does, um, talking about these issues regularly with our Board of Governors, Mm. who ultimately oversee all our teams, bring heightened attention to issues around diversity and inclusion, and our teams part of that is being true to the data, continuously talking about um, what we're seeing in our teams um, in terms of hiring practices, um, who is in positions of leadership. So our our goal is to, to operate under best practices, not uniquely to the NBA or for a sports league, but for however, whatever best of classes and industries. And it's something that um, we're learning about all the time. We have professionals um, focused on it, including, by the way, one of the things I talked about in Phoenix was um, bringing in facilitators for organizations that Mm. help people deal with conflict and stress, difficult conversations and and issues that do tend to come up in workplaces. I, I just, lastly, I'd say some of those issues are magnified in a workplace like you have in the NBA, where people yeah. are working often at nights, on weekends, um, traveling um, a lot under high stress conditions. So as I said, we we hope to be an exemplar um, for society at large. And, and also we understand that, that there are going to be issues, and part of what we should be judged on is how we handle them when they do come up.
1: Yeah, and to me, you know, when, when you speak about the tip line and, and, and putting that into place, I think the investigation with the sons, right? They when they looked into Robert Sarver and the findings came out, the sons noted that no one really called that tip line to report improper behavior. So, adding something else that might not be seen as a mechanism that puts the onus on it, onus on informants rather than creating checks and balances is is that what you're looking to avoid here?
4: Yeah, in part, I'll, I'll add that, you know, what you're calling the, the tip line was a relatively recent measure. Mm. And the investigation of the Suns went back, you know, almost 20 years. Yeah. So I'd say if you look at the progression of, of what's happened in our workplaces, probably similar to what you see in other industries. Um, the practices that are now in place were not there historically. So, you know, again, I, I, I recognize, though, that there's no perfect system and again I can understand if I worked in any organization being told by management call this number and don't worry we'll take care of things mm. um, that's not going to work for everybody and, and I think there's, there's no substitute for preventing these issues from happening in the first place as, as opposed to reporting them after the fact and I think a lot of that goes to proper training in the workplace and not just training you know, new employees that come in, but it's it's also regular training of current employees. I'm sure you guys do the same thing at ESPN. It's also the frequency mm-hmm. of the training, the constant reminders. No different if you go into, it's interesting when you're talking about tipping, I was thinking the signs that you see in NBA locker rooms and things, constantly reminders to players about rules and procedures that need to be followed in the league. I I think with anything I've learned, you need to talk about these issues regularly and and repetition becomes critically important. So it's not a one-time training, a check the box sort of notion and everybody goes back to what they're doing. Constant, constant reminders and thinking of better ways to communicate. With employees.
1: Adam, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. I look forward to seeing you at games and back on the show in the future. Thanks, Malika. NBA Today. We'll be right back.
7: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple.
2: NBA Today is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more.
1: Our Friday NBA doubleheader has the Pacers taking on the Wizards in D.C. at 7.30 Eastern, then the nightcap, the Pelicans, they face the Suns in Phoenix, oh yeah. We have uh, Tyrese Halliburton stopping by later. Oh. going to preview that game, so that's going to be fun. All right, we have our first full weekend slate of the NBA, so let's run it back with a little top-of-the-top top first weekend edition. Oh, we got Giannis uh, first. Against my Rockets. I'm sorry, People today. are having a
5: field day on my squad. Ooh. What?
1: What is it, a 49-piece wing chicken? What would Perk say? Yeah, 49-piece. <laughs> Asian rub. rub. My 28 goodness. 28 minutes. I mean, and as you mentioned, already up there in the MVP odds. Let's keep it pushing. Trey Young, the Hawks, they're taking on the Orlando Magic. Oh, my gosh. Ice cold. How do you do that? The balance. Yeah, the
5: balance. That sounded like a bird, not the cold. (laughs) But, like, from behind the backboard, that's just
1: Trey. Uh, Incredible. All right, what do we got next? So that was late game heroics. And now, oh no, we got a too small happening? Oh, JB, happy birthday, JB.
5: Over, bam, hey. out of file. <laughs> too. Uh, oh. that is a mismatch.
1: I like that. Hey, <sighs> sometimes you gotta let them know, because if you don't let them know, no one else is gonna give you your flowers. But then, Tyler okay. Hero. Okay,
5: double clutch, I'm here for this. And then him, <laughs> I love that. I love it when people are on the floor, like, still flexing. Uh, I feel I'm like a that's a kind
1: of- Tough finish. Deal yeah, with that, all right. Whoa. And next in oh, top like of the top. To- oh, oh, that was a little t- <laughs> <laughs> He was small and he said too small. Tyler. I got it. Okay,
5: pass or miss? <laughs> That's what the internet was debating. Was this a pass? For Luca, we're gonna say it was a pass.
1: If we're gonna say it was a pass. And he's like, he played he, it he, off. He, he, was was like, like, he was like, yeah, like, he was he clearly yeah, yeah, into was, it.
5: What about oh, this now one? Now this was a pass. Oh.
1: What? I mean, is it possible? Do you think Nikola Jokic's dimes are underrated, Shanae? No, I, I, I don't even know what to describe them. Like, he just does them so well, they're effortless. It's beautiful, and that's why he... in his is suit back. game
5: going into the match. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah I loved it. And okay. that's why he's the back-to-back back MVP. Oh, Is that Devontae Graham? And that is...
5: Oh, With the left. My ooh. goodness. Rejected. Off yeah, the that's Devontae.
1: That's and Jose Alvarado saying, yes, sir. Okay, Jalen. Here you go. Give this me a good you. Rockets highlight. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> Just Why? for you, today. That's going to do it for us here on NBA Today. We will see you tomorrow with Miss Aguma Agumake hosting. Do you remember?
0: It's <laughs> da, 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 da. Ah! <laughs>